the technical stuff here for Barker to get ready. Your piece in and everything like that. Look at me. I know you're always, always ready. ready. You're always ready. You're get always the ready. Down, get it singing. Yeah, you get the vocal cords down and get them singing. <laughs> it's Blair and Barker. Or uh, what the hell's today? Tuesday. Does it matter? November second. Probably not. Game six is Game all that matters. Six, baby. Game six. Last last ragged arm available wins the twenty twenty one World Series. Uh, now you're complaining about pitchers. I'm not no, I'm How not about it. I'm not I, pitching I'm not usage. Jeff Blair. About, I'm not complaining about pitchers. I'm, I'm not complaining about any. I'm just pointing out that. Well, I'll just ask you flat out. Now, we yesterday was an off day in the World Series. We got to hear them both Brian Snitker, the Braves manager, and Dusty Baker, the Astros manager, walk us through what their pitching plans are. And, and for Brian Snitker, it's pretty clear. He's got his two starters good to go. And then he's got that bullpen. Brian Snitker did sort of suggest that A.J. Minter might not be available today. Uh, but nothing definite. Dusty Baker and the other. Dusty Baker's basically, a, it's an all-comers camp. He's going to start Luis Garcia in three days tonight. See where that goes. And according to Dusty, just about everybody else is ready, with the exception of Kendall Graveman seems to be kind of a, you know, a decision that'll be made. That'll be made today. Sounds like it's already made. It sounded to me like we won't see Kendall Graveman. 37 pitches is enough two days ago. That's, that's, that's pretty tough on a guy that's max effort and relies on a lot of movement and has a weird delivery and mechanics aren't always sound. It's a lot to ask. Uh, a name to keep in mind, Dusty did roll this out yesterday, is Jake Odorizzi as a possible. And he did say that maybe Jose Arquiti goes – in the game, he threw 14 pitches uh, in game five. Now, that was his throw day. And generally, I'm led to believe a throw day, a pitcher throws, what, 15 to 25 pitches? I guess it depends on the, the pitcher. The up-down thing. How many, you, how many you throw, how many times you, you know, sit down, come back and throw again. Sounds like he didn't do too many of those. And somebody's got to pitch game seven. That's the ultimate goal here. You, you, you can't use all of them. How many do you need to save? Obviously, if you're Dusty, you, you probably can't save all your best bullets out of the bullpen. It's all mm. hands on deck. But there's got to be a couple of guys in there. Like, Arkady is the, is the one obvious choice that you would think. He he just breeds confidence. When you watch him pitch, the other two guys you see throwing for the Astros, do you really have confidence in them? What, their demeanor around the mound, no. the way their face looks? They just don't look like, go take the ball and give us six innings. Just doesn't look that way. But Arkady sort of does. Yeah, he's going to spin it. He's going to elevate. He's going to pitch in. He's going to see if he can hit it. Yeah, and I think you got to. You do have to keep in mind that that both Valdez and Garcia are really, you know, Valdez has some some postseason experience under his belt from last year as well. But huh. they're still they're they're still young guys. They're still young guys, and I'm I'm with you. I think Val, Valdez in particular really had the deer in the headlights. Yeah, I can't teach spine. The deer. Well, that's unfair. Stuff. Oh, it's, uh, that's un. That's unfair. I mean, it's, the, it's the at this stage of the guy's for, career, to, to look right for, at this stage of the guy's career. Uh, we've seen uh, we've seen the Jays run out guys who've had eight all, years major all, league experience. I've only seen they, one in the last couple of years, and that's their top prospect. Looks like he's gotten through that. So it's, yeah. it's 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 tough to get through certain things. The, the spot's too big for you in the World Series. When 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 you're counting on you're you're supposedly air quotes the best pitcher they got at least the best starting pitcher they got. Well, again, best starting pitcher they have because their best starting pitchers hurt. 
right? Because Lance McCullers. That's is beside hurt. the point. When when, when well, you know you're if I'm, you're not if you're not if you're not on the team, that means you can't pitch. Then it's the second man up, and the second man. Yeah, up it's was, easy. It's easy. Valdez. It's easy for us to say we're not the 23, 24 year old kid standing on the mound. And 20, this is and, 23 year old, 24 year old different than it was when and, I played. And this is a different. This is a different. You're not playing in a neutral site here. Hmm. You're not playing in a neutral site like you were last year, or you're not playing with diminished crowds I, like you were last. I'm just, I I'm, I'm just start, saying that I, I said, think it's a little early to start saying that Fromber Valdez, Valdez lacks spine. Valdez, I think it's a little early. Valdez Barbara. on the mound, demeanor wise, looked the same in game one. Where was that? As he did the the next game. Where was that? One was on the road. One was at home. That's all I'm saying. I'm I'm not saying don't have good stuff, and the breaking ball's not good, but occasionally it's got to be here. It is. See if you hit it. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little too tough. Anyhow. Uh, so Dusty Baker will start Luis Garcia tonight. And uh, as, as basically, Dusty, it was funny listening to Dusty explain his his, his pitching. Well, he tried <laughs> to explain it without explaining it. He tried to explain it without explaining exactly it. Exactly yeah. right. It, it, because, well, essentially, that's... What did he say about... Uh, this is vintage Dusty. Somebody asked him, why Garcia? And he said, well, I think he's the best for the job. And and then you know, Dusty went on to say, we know he has a short leash, but then everybody out there is a short leash and is operating on low rest or not full rest. So I, you know, I'm sure what Dusty would really like today is four or five spot in the first inning from the Astros. That would be nice. That would know, be I, nice. I don't know. If you're, if you're Max Fried, you talk about making adjustments. The first two innings of his last game against against the Astros, what he, he threw 48 pitches. Mm-hmm. That, that That's the thing is the, the four-seam command was great. Uh, for me, in the first inning, he threw four curveballs. He threw 21 pitches. That, for me, the usage of the curveball needs to go up early. That's the adjustment for me. I, I just yep. Location-wise, you know, he he's a typical lefty. We talk about the lefties with the Blue Jays, how they establish in early in games so they can get that right-handed hitter starting to open that front hip up, and they don't have to be as fine with secondary pitches. I don't think Max Freed this time of the year can change that, but he can up the usage of the breaking ball. And I know uh, throughout that, because he got better after the second inning, after that he started using, I think he used his, his slider and his curveball 60% of the time. So 60% of his pitches were were slider curveball. But first inning, I just think maybe whatever he does to get ready for the game, maybe in the bullpen he can start figuring out how to get that a little bit better feel of the breaking ball. Maybe you throw that more early. That sets up the – because you could tell he's got enough giddy up on the heater that the elevated four-seamer is good enough. The movement on the sinker when it's down is good enough. I just think it's the usage of the curveball. That gets better. He had, he had some troubles getting away from the cement mix and slider early in that game in his last start against the Astros. But, again, it's that it's that pitching and minute made. What does that little Crawford box do to a guy, especially being left-handed? Do you really feel comfortable throwing 94-95 in to, a bunch, to some right-handed hitters and to some lefties away that can just flip it over there to the Crawford box? So, He'll have some more confidence. He'll have, you know, a, a better educated guess on how he can pitch in that ballpark. I expect a big thing from Max Fried. I, th- this is why, for me, I really do think it's must win for the Braves. It goes game seven. Uh, the momentum, uh, you know, past will tell teams that if they get go from 3-1 to 3-2 into game seven, that, that team that was down 3-1 has the advantage. Max Fried also has the advantage of pitching – in a controlled environment. No chance the roof would be open? Well, even if 
even if it is, it's not going to be cold. Is what I'm I saying for, rem- for for the for the for the curve. Yeah, I, I, can, I would think that plays into his hands. I, I don't know how you Dust, feel. I, well, I can remember Dusty talking about the the controlled environment. He's been bringing this up. And we've had this conversation, and he even said in Minute Maid when they opened it up for for whichever game that was. I can't remember whether it was one or two. Right. He said it was. He was thinking whether it was going to be windy or not, mm-hmm. and and that would have an effect on how hitters attack certain people. Winds blowing a certain way. You know, you don't want to hit it to where the wind will knock your ball down. You you adjust your at-bat. So I, I think that controlled environment thing is a huge deal for the Astros, and I just don't see well, – we'll ask uh, – uh, Well, it's a Major League Baseball that has the that makes the call when, on whether when, or not when, the stadium's When will they make open. that? Will they make that early, that, that oh, call yeah. early? Yeah, yeah. The, the generally, generally, the rule is unless there's inclement weather or unless it's – you know, there's a chance of inclement weather, the roof will be open generally uh and and that's why well, well, i just don't understand why would they do that they, they six or seven times throughout the season they had it open and now you're opening it two, two times in 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 four or three games in the does, world series it, it, that makes zero sense no no it doesn't it makes perfect sense uh major league baseball well, home field advantage doesn't major, make any sense major league baseball controls ah, controls the event sometimes they need to stay out stay out of it no they control the event it makes perfect sure sense. if you ask dusty that's fine. He wants that in controlled environment. He wants that pitcher to be able to throw his stuff. That's all of his stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, we've heard many Blue Jays guys talking about wind blowing. Can you change up? Yeah. Well, well that's I sort am... of the same thing. That's why you play in a dome. Don't open the dome. That's all I'm saying. At least I'm sure if you ask Dusty that. Now, if you're if you're asking Brian Snicker that, <laughs> open that thing up. <laughs> well, bottom line is, it, it doesn't matter. Major League Baseball makes the call, so I guess. It, it it really doesn't matter one way or another. But even if it is open. It's going. It's it's not going to be as cool as it was in Atlanta. So Absolutely. What I'm saying is that would that would probably it should conceivably work to Max Fried's benefit you if would he think wants so. to throw more. You would think so. More curves. Um, interesting little statistic here. I don't even know if I'd call the statistic uh, about tonight's starter for the Astros. Luis Garcia, and and it kind of gets to the the point about day's rest. This will be his fifth postseason start. ALDS Game 3, he pitched on 10 days rest. ALCS Game 2, he pitched on 5 days rest. ALCS Game 6, he pitched on five days rest. World Series Game 3, he pitched on six days rest. World Series Game 6, he's pitching on three days rest. That's Garcia. That's Luis Garcia. So, essentially, he has had extra extra rest. If we operate under the assumption that normal rest is four days, he's had extra rest every start. So far, but this question will be for with Dusty. the exception of this. How, how do you know early? Well, I was going to ask you this, Kevin. How do you know early whether or not he's got it? I think you got to be. I think you got to be proactive and do it before you actually are seeing it. First time through, nothing, nothing. He looks decent. Say he's thrown forty-five pitches. Do you pull him? One time through. Say that's somewhere. I gave him three innings. Do you, do you pull him it, at this point? At this point, I don't. Oh man! But let me let me finish. At this point, first time through the the order, nothing, nothing. I let him go until there's a man on base. I, to, to me, that's the easiest way to make the, the easiest way to say make it's the Jake decision. Jake Odorizzi, you want to give Jake Odorizzi a clean inning? 
Want to, you want to bring him in with him pitching out of the windup, not out of the stretch? I would tend – no, my thought process would be if I do decide to go with more than – if I do let Garcia at least attempt to go through the order a second time, if somebody gets on base, I'm going to a reliever. I'm not going to Odorizzi then. I'm going to a reliever right away out the gate. Pick a reliever, any reliever, Rayleigh, somebody like that. I'm going to him Jimmy right Garcia, away. Maybe depending yeah, on where they're at thank in the lineup. You, Jimmy Garcia. Remember, there's no National League rule. It's American League rules this time. Too. Exactly. So then my thought, that would be my thought process. And then I'd go either Odorizzi or Christian Javier would be my choice out of there. But if, if somebody gets on base, I think you have to go, you have to go to a reliever. Right. I'm with you. If I'm going to use Jake Odorizzi, it's got to be a clean inning. Yeah. It absolutely has to be a clean inning. Christian Javier, probably the same thing. Uh, I would probably rather go with Chris, let Christian Javier have a clean inning, be able to work from the windup. I just don't, I don't know how you feel about it. I, I don't like forcing the starting pitcher to work from the stretch right out of the gate. I, I just don't because it's, there are some pitchers who do work, some starters who do work out of the stretch. I get uh-huh. that, but it's odd enough that you're throwing a starting pitcher in in the middle of an inning or with a man on base. Now you're just putting most, this on top of him. Most, I'd, ra- I'd rather go with a clean most, inning. Most most starting pitchers have more than two pitches. You want to get them to having good finish to the yep. pitches. A lot of the times they can do that with better momentum towards their target, which in tune will make you have that out of the windup kind of thing and just getting you finish basically to where you look like you can field your position, not falling off to one side. You know, m- most most starting pitchers have windups. I, I just think that's a big deal for me. It makes it a little easier for them to work. It's not their fault that they're – that runner's on base. That's a mindset kind of thing, too, so everything for me, at least. I'm with you. I, I just – for me, that might be the biggest part of the game It is when does Dusty take out Garcia? Will, will, he, will, he, have a, will he have enough? And you know what I mean by enough? Mm-hmm. If he goes the first time through and he's got 45 pitches or so and it looks decently easy, easy. You know, he, he's, he's gotten to a couple of three-two counts. But other than that, it, it looks like he's all right. With because of uh, how many days he's had rest, how many pitches he threw in his last start, what do you do? When do you take him out? That, for me, will be the biggest part of this game. And, I, I, for me, I, I just don't with the with the way Major League Baseball is now. Do it, do it sooner than later. Don't wait too long. Dusty Baker is saying, not really tipping his hand with his lineup, although oh, he did. On. He did. He did say. No, I'm talking about Bregman. I know that's he what did I mean. say that he's, he he certainly gave you the impression that he wants to leave Bregman uh, where he is. I don't, and and then. With the DH in play, you're going to have Jordan Alvarez DHing. I, I don't know if you go with Jose Siri uh, as as your your center fielder. I would I would he's right handed. I would think so. I would like that, and I also think Chaz McCormick maybe. I also think Siri. I kind of see why Dusty likes him. There's there's an energy about him, and I know that energy and all that is kind of bad sports writer. That stuff can be bad sports writer cliches, a cliche. But I think at this point in the season, game six of the World Series, I like having a guy that has that little extra, that little extra Who can, who can make up ground for me, for my left fielder? Brantley's not, not a very good at moving around left to right. 
You're going to need a fast guy in center field. He can do that. And when he's hitting at the plate, it puts so much pressure on an infield Mm -hmm. to make a clean play. And they know it. Uh, I talked about that Correa thing that he puts on the inside of his hat that tells how fast runners are. You know, that that 20 to 80 thing. When he's got 60 runners, which is exactly what he is, Mm -hmm. Siri, is – Above that 60 mark, that puts that much pressure on that internal clock. To your all your footwork has to be that much better. You got to get it out of your glove sooner. You got to be more accurate. Can't be one side or the other. Puts a lot of pressure mentally on that infielder to make that move. For me, that would make ton of sense. Just all the things that go into playing good defense in the outfield, making up for other guys that aren't as good defenders as you are. And offensively at the bottom of the order, it puts pressure, and that's what it is. He gets on base. It puts pressure on outfielders to throw it to the right cutoff guy. We saw that left fielder going first to third. He just speed kills bottom line. And you can never have too much of that in your lineup. And that that's, I think that for me is a no brainer. It's just, how do you get Jordan Alvarez better pitches to hit? And with the day off, just give him a mental break of the lefties, not having to face the lefty, letting the ball travel. That that for me is, and the lineup thing, that that's silly. Dusty should have just said, my lineup is what it is. I've made my adjustments. I'm going with that. I'm not tinkering around. I'm not giving people ammo to write about. No, no, no. I'm trying to get my cleanup hitter better pitches to hit, and I want to get the other two guys, Correa and Gurriel, more, more at bats than I do Bregman. Right now, Bregman looks like most of the time he can't hit water, fell off a boat. I want him at the bottom of the order, and I want to figure out how to get Alvarez better pitches to hit. Elevated early in counts, and will that do it? Maybe if Correa's on base, maybe if if Gurriel hitting behind, obviously what he brings. That remember that starting pitcher's left-handed. It's putting a lot of pressure on Jordan Alvarez to to let the ball travel, and a guy that used to try and do that and then adjust to a power throwing righties. Now you have to get the head out. That's not the easiest thing to do. That that messes mechanics. And, you know, Alvarez is, is very simple, quiet mechanically, but your mindset is let the ball travel all the time. You can't do that a lot, especially with high velocity. And now you got a guy that can spin it. You're hoping you get traffic on, and right now their lineup for me is better suited for traffic with Correa hitting third and Bregman hitting seventh. We're going to be joined by Dan Shulman, uh, ESPN's World Series voice in a few minutes, and, of course, also our Blue Jays voice on Sportsnet. And I'll ask Dan this question, and I'll ask you, though, Spark, right now. Who has more pressure on them right now, Atlanta or Houston? Houston, it's win or go home. Yeah. Atlanta, it's losing. Yeah, yeah I got it. Losing, here comes game seven. I got a stat here that I saw that I'm going to try to explain this without messing it up. For, 46 times. Teams have went to 3-1 in the World Series. Eight of those teams out of the 46 have gotten it to a 3-2 game seven. Mm-hmm. The team that was 3-1 won six out of those eight games. So to answer your question, right now, today, I'm thinking all oh, the pressure's on the Braves. That stat right there just breathes, screams, yells confidence. You had us. Now we got you. That's why six out of the eight teams that have made it to 3-2 out of those 46 teams, six of them have won. So basically the team that forced the sixth game has gone on. Six out of the eight times, absolutely. Yeah. So for, to answer your question, that's very hard to do this because we're not there. We, we can't really get a feel of tension. You know, you're around teams, you can feel tension. You can feel that. We're not there. We're going to ask Dan that, at least I am. 
Can he feel that? Now, these two teams sort of have been there and done it before, and they got a, a calm about them. But you remember, the Braves went through this with the Dodgers. Had the Dodgers down, lost it that way. Well, it wasn't the World Series. That's the difference. It's it's. So to answer your question, long-winded there a little bit with just that stat that I read out, I'm, I'm saying for me right now today, this is a must-win for the Braves. Must-win. With who they have pitching and that stat, and they're playing on the road. Now, I know that the, the Astros have to beat the Braves three games in a row in the World Series, which is not the easiest thing to do. Especially when your starting pitching is shredded. But you do have the best offense in baseball. And the Braves did have them down. That's why I said having Tucker Davison go back out for the third inning just makes me want to scratch my head till I can't scratch it anymore when you're Brian Snicker. You had him. Now you've opened the door. The first pitch of tonight's game will go at 8.07. It'll be on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 590. The fan, Luis Garcia, will be on the mound for the Astros. Max Freed for the Braves. Again, no indication from Dusty Baker that there will be uh, any significant lineup change other than the DHs in play now. So we may have seen the end of pitchers hitting, thankfully, in, uh, in baseball. And if you're the Braves, you stick with the same lineup. I don't think you make any. I don't think you make any alterations if you're Absolutely. if you're Brian Snicker. It just depends. It's just leading off. You're flip flopping the leadoff hitter. Yeah, that's that's all you're doing. You don't you don't want to see AJ Mentor trying to bunt anymore? No. I don't like seeing starting pitchers hit, let alone relievers. Well, there's a reason why I didn't try and pitch at the big league level. Because I couldn't. It's odd. It looked odd. It would hurt me. Sort of like it looks when a pitcher tries to go up and swing a bat. Just it's again, we've said this to her to her blue. It's two minutes, you can never get back your life. Well, I think one one thing that is coming out of this World Series, and we'll, we'll have a chance to talk about this later in the week, but uh, something Jason Stark talked about that was used in the Atlantic League, the double hook, which is essentially you only have the DH in the game as long as your starting pitcher is in the game. So if you take your starting pitcher out, you lose the DH. Huh? And I think that that may be a way of when they discuss the CBA, that's a way of forcing managers. It, it adds another, it adds another strategic element to the game. If you can take your starting pitcher out any time, but when you take your starting pitcher out, you lose the DH. So you may, I think you may see that. That may be a way of, of so many things of meeting. Well, it, it, it depends if, if you've got an, if there are enough people, if there are enough people who are going to vote against in the, if there are enough people in the national league who want pitchers hitting, you may end up seeing that as as a way of coming to, you know, coming to some sort of middle ground. It, 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 what it's, if your pitcher stinks in the second inning? Well, there you go. You have to take him out. Take him out. There you, you go. Your, your DH hasn't even hit yet. Adios, amigo. <laughs> that, there's it so out. many things wrong with that. Well, it, it's it's it, it depends. Way it, overthinking it. It, it. it depends. No, well, it depends. It depends on how important you think it is. And I'm, I don't necessarily think it's that important. It depends on how important you think it is that you cut down on the number of pitching changes in the game. That's what it comes down to. I'm, I don't like, I'm willing to listen about the idea. I need to, I need to, to think a little more about how it'll work out. I think it's very simple for postseason. I've said this before. 
the, the, the only the the only rule I would like to see added is you have to make a certain number of starts in the regular season to start a postseason game. Yeah, that's simple. That's you, it's it's that simple. You, you know you know you know how teams would start doing that. Say say Dylan Lee would start your game and you knew he wasn't very good and he wasn't going to pitch very long. You, you would put some really bad hitter as your DH and you would put your really good DH somewhere in the field. Well, that, that, that's how they make up for that. Yeah, like what? But I mean, but how, how, how does two you, wrongs make a right? But you can't. It's, you can't. Hmm. Yeah, you could do that once in a while, but I don't think you'd be doing it. I don't think you'd be doing it an, an, an awful lot. And, and again, it's the, the idea behind it. The is to simply to leave the starting pitcher in the game longer. I'm I'm just saying it's an interesting concept. I don't. I'm not one of those people that loses sleep over the whole pitching change. How about you just teach pitchers at the minor league level how You're to do deeper games? It's, it's, well, it's how not, about you do that? That, well, that's not well, going to happen. Well, that's not going to happen. Well, they should. Well, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because they did it when I played. But, but yeah, but they don't. They did a lot of things when you played they don't do anymore. They didn't shift that much when you played. Never. They shift now. And there's such a – the idea of young pitchers having pitch count and innings limits and all that stuff in the minor leagues, that's never going away. That's never going away. Uh, the idea that we're going to go back to the old-fashioned way of de- developing pitchers, that's not going to happen because there's too much money invested in these guys way too early. Way too early now. I mean, it used to. I can remember in the baseball draft where if a pitcher signed for a million dollar bonus, he was a bonus baby, and Mm -hmm. this was outrageous. Now that's a number for a first. That's not even a first round pick. That's not even a first round pick. So teams are investing more money in these guys earlier. They're going to want to baby them in the minor leagues, get them into the major leagues. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying that's kind of the economic imperative. I'm blaming the race behind this. Oh, this happened way. It's this, absolutely the race. Oh, this fault. happened absolutely. way before the race. The race invented the shift. This happened. I blame the race. This happened way before the race. Way before the race, where teams were starting to for argument's sake to, to for limit ar- for ar- argument's sake. It's the race. The race did this. You can blame the, the cheaper the sixty million dollar. How do how do we compete? Well, you compete by throwing fifteen arms at everybody in one game. That's yeah. That that's a little that's that, it. That's a little different than uh, than developing pitchers. That's something that's that's been around for a long time, and that's 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 never going to go away. Um, that is never going to go away. I'm just reading on the uh, the Atlantic League tried the double hook this summer, and I haven't seen any. Um, yeah, not, not too much of a too much analysis of it so far. Uh, but I'll and I, I'm just reading, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, Kevin, have the same thought that you do. That essentially what you would do is you would almost turn it into National League game because the best hitters would be played somewhere Absolutely. in the field, and then you just throw a DH in the backup spot, right, in the nine hole. Absolutely. Uh, and then what that means is when the pitcher is done, okay, we just lost our worst hitter. Yeah, so what? Big deal. That's it. Big deal. But it's something that I think it's it's something that can be talked about if you can't get consent on using the DH in both leagues, I I don't understand why anybody would be against it. I just I just don't. I don't have any idea why anybody would be against a DH. Doesn't the old argument used to be that well, it just makes the game even longer because 
that doesn't we're already talking about a game that's that's four hours long the dh isn't going to make it isn't going to make it any any longer Mm-mm. um and i i i looked at it from a different way i like the fact that when it first came in the dh kept some guys that i liked in the game longer it kept some sure veteran did. players that i liked watching longer and nelson, i think nelson that's cruz. good nelson cruz bingo or Prime you know even now he's not a hall of famer but i mean even harold i loved harold baines as a hitter well harold baines stayed in the game yeah. longer i have i have Alvin no Pools. problem with that we'll be that way exactly yeah so anyhow enough of, enough of that we'll have plenty of time to talk about it uh as i said it will definitely yeah. be addressed in cba negotiations this year but um yeah i just think it needs to be addressed for the right reasons it needs to be addressed for the right. Right reasons. now, National League rules give the pitcher that's on the mound a a advantage. Where when he's on the ropes and he just walked two guys, and here come that guy who wouldn't know what what end to hold the bat the bat at the plate, and it's an easy flip a breaking ball, get ahead, and elevate two heaters, and it's a non competitive at bat. Instead of that guy still being on the ropes, he's out of the inning. That for me is what I've been watching in the playoffs here. That just will make you. It's just not for me what the way baseball should be. The game's changed. Pitching's too good now. A reminder that if you like the show, if you like Blair and Barker, uh, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Please rate and review the show. Brad Lidge joins us in the next hour. He's, of course, MLB Network Analyst, former Astros closer. And Dan Shulman, ESPN and Blue Jays play-by-play voice on Sportsnet. He'll join us next ahead of Game 6 tonight. You're listening to Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Dan Shulman is ESPN's World Series voice. We, of course, will have Game 6 tonight. Sportsnet 590 Japan and Sportsnet. The Atlanta Braves attempt to wrap up the World Series in six games. No idea what's gotten into you. I've never seen you play air guitar before. And of course, in the podcast, no one can hear the music anyhow, so it doesn't really matter. Let's bring in Dan Shulman. Dan, uh, save me from Barker playing air guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid you're on your own right there. I, I'm I'm picturing it in my mind right now. Uh, uh, Barker, which hand did you throw with in baseball? Were you, you were lefty, right? Yes, I was. Uh, are you playing guitar lefty? Or are you playing guitar righty? Righty. Yeah, you're messed up. I'm I mean, str- I, I mean, I'm, we knew that before, but you know. I think I'm stringing it. Is that what it's called? With your when, when you roll your hand down the? I think that's what it's called. Stringing? I, it? I have no idea. Strumming. That, strumming. That strumming might be it. Strumming? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know about stringing. I don't know. Man. Barker has been known to string people along. But, uh, <laughs> uh, who's got the pressure on them tonight, Dan? Braves or Astros? Uh, I mean, I guess it's the team that's up three to two. You know, because especially since they were up three to one, uh, even though the Braves came in perceived as the underdog in the series, I think once you go up three to one or three to two, the pressure's on you. So. Um, I, I would think Atlanta, but I don't know if they're wired to feel that, to be honest with you. I mean, this is a team that, you know, wasn't very good for four months and had all kinds of injuries, and they've got an amazing, you know, kind of band of brothers thing going on, and we can handle whatever comes our way. So I, 
I think if anybody would have it on them, it's Atlanta, but I, I don't know that they're wired to feel it, to be honest with you. Do you think uh, Max Fried in his last start in Houston could take anything away from his slow first couple of innings? You know, the breaking ball wasn't working, location of the fastball, yada. Is there anything he could take, you think, that, that he can, you know, bring into this game? You know, my guess, my guess Kevin, is I, I actually don't think he pitched that badly. Like, I'm not saying no. he was great, because when he's great, he's one of the top five pitchers in baseball, right? So, mm-hmm. but I thought he got soft contacted a little bit in that last game. I know there was one infield hit. I'd have to go back and look at the scorecard. But in that second inning, um, I think there were two or three ground ball hits. And, and you know, one of them might have been the shift was on and it went through the right side and that sort of thing. So, if I'm Max Fried or if I'm uh, Rick Kranis, the pitching coach, what I'm taking out of it is, hey, you were fine. Um, they didn't hit you that hard. They they found some holes. But, um, you, you know, I, I wonder if he does try to establish the fastball a little bit more. He really went away from it a lot and went slider heavy in that start. But I'm always curious against Houston what the first pitch or the first inning is going to be to Jose Altuve mm-hmm. because I would never throw him a first pitch fastball. Never, ever, 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 ever. Doesn't doesn't matter if it's a strike or a ball. Uh, I would almost like, you know, throw one to the backstop on ball one just to get the at-bat started because he's up there looking to ambush so much on the first pitch. But I, I think Freed was fine, and if he loses tonight, I, I think it's almost, you know, it says as much about the Astro lineup as it does about him. Dan, this may be a topic for once the World Series is over, but I'm wondering if anybody has brought up or suggested to either manager, either in the post-game media availabilities, pre-game media availabilities, or when you guys have spoken to the managers, if anybody has brought up the idea that the jump from 60 games to 162 games, might we might be seeing that impact right now on a guy like Valdez, maybe Garcia, but maybe even even Max Freed. Yeah, I think everybody thinks it's a distinct possibility, Jeff, with all pitchers. I mean, specifically this guy, that guy, I don't know that anybody is is willing to say that. I have heard Dusty say that. I don't remember the exact context, but mm-hmm. he did say that to us. You know, it's not so much for the veteran guys. Like a Charlie Morton, had he not gotten hurt, you assume the veteran guys are better able to figure it out. They've, you know, they've done this before but but i think it's true for for a lot of guys you you just don't know like if a young guy has a bad outing i think there's a bit of a tendency for us to say well maybe he's wearing down and he could come back and be fine the next time like luis garcia as an example had a terrible outing in game whatever it was one i think of the alcs then had a sensational outing in his next one and then was somewhere in between in his last one so like we don't know what Luis Garcia were going to get tonight. But but I think it's very valid to assume it's a possibility, whether we can, you know, but there's a little chicken and egg here too, right? So I don't think we can say it with certainty, but there's no question I'm sure guys are feeling it to a certain extent right now. Probably no Kendall Graveman. Who sets up for the Astros tonight if they're winning? Kendall Graveman. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think so. So two innings, but a day off. Um so if when Garcia's out of there, if they need help early, it's um, it's Javier or it's Odorizzi. I think the next guy in line of the shorter guys, I think, would be Phil Maton. I think Dusty is a little bit worried about going to those lefties right now because his lefties aren't wipeout lefties. Um, who and the the lefties on the other side have had some good swings off them, so. He's gone to Maton, I think, twice in this series already 
with Rosario and Freeman coming up. And, and uh, um, the Maton's got reverse splits, good breaking ball that plays against lefties. The other thing, too, I'll tell you this, is Dusty really does not want to see Ozzie Albies from the right side of the plate. So if you bring in the lefty to face Rosario and Freeman and he doesn't finish off the inning, the third batter is Albies, and you got to leave the lefty in there to face Albies. So um, I, I think it depends on the situation, but my my guess is Graveman, but if, it was, if it's not Graveman, I think it's Maton. Well, when I watch Jordan Alvarez in the World Series, it looks like he's trying too hard. The only reason I say that is because I used to try too hard, and that's sort of exactly the way I look. You You expand – when you get a good pitch, you overswing. When you talk to Dusty, what's he say about him? So I think they think he's getting pitched really well. And I can tell you what Eduardo Perez is saying on the broadcast on ESPN radio. So they're not leaving any fastballs out over the plate. And you've seen him do it a hundred times, Kevin. He, he hits that fastball away to left field hard. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, it's a bad place to pitch him. So I think right now it's, this is not new. This has been going on in baseball for, you know, for a long time. They're they're really busting them in with fastballs, and then they're spinning breaking balls down and away. And I think they're hitting their spots. And and he's he has flailed at some breaking balls, which I haven't seen him do before this round. I mean, one you know he was the ALCS MVP. Like this just flipped on a on a on a dime. So uh, I think they're making really good pitches on him. I think Dusty thinks he's fine. It's just that he's getting pitched well. But uh, and I don't think this is going to happen. But just like they dropped Bregman and moved Correa and Guriel up. Is there any chance they flip-flop uh, Alvarez and Tucker? Do they move Tucker to four and Alvarez to six just because Tucker's swinging the bat so well right now? I don't think they'll do it, but I wouldn't be shocked if when we got to the ballpark we found out that they did do it. Uh, this could very well be the last game that we see that, we're calling them now, the Astros' core four together, that, that, that infield that's been together for a long time and is been together for more postseason games than even, even that great Yankees infield that we think of of the uh, the Yankees infield of the 90s and, and 2000s. Is there a sense, as you're around the Astros, that this – I'm not going to say this is kind of the last kick of the can because that's still a, a good team, but that with Verlander's status, with, with Correa likely gone as a free agent, this, this could be in the very least Dan a turning of the page. Or did that start with George Springer maybe? Yeah, I, I think that everybody assumes Correa is going to be gone, and I don't think they're losing too much sleep over it because they've got such a good core, and they really do. You know, I mean, Tucker is young and cheap, and Alvarez is. It, Alvarez looks like he's thirty-two years old, but he's twenty-four. You know, he's young and cheap as well, um, and they've still got, uh, you know, the other guys that they've still got Altuve, they've still got Guriel, they've still got uh, Bregman, they've still got, they've still got Brantley, they've still got a lot of good players. And I think they are exceedingly optimistic about the future because Framber Valdez and Christian Javier and Jose Arquiti and Luis Garcia, like that's a lot of good young arms. And again, they're all cheap. So they may not be able to keep Correa, but they might go and get somebody pretty good to replace Correa. So I, I think they, they get the, obviously they get the business end of it. And I think what they're really just thinking about is winning a game tonight and forcing game seven and they'll, They'll deal with the other stuff later. But I think they believe, and I would agree with them, that they're not going away. They're going to be a good team in the coming years, too. Danny, do you get any sense from either Rob Manfred, Tony Clark, or people around the game as to where things stand with with labor negotiations right now? We know the contract expires on December 2nd. We're led to believe they've had face-to-face meetings. I I don't think it's going to be. Remember a couple of years ago where I I think it was Game 7 of the World Series? It might have even been – 
I, I think we might even been at Yankee Stadium where we just kind of got a press release handed to us on like the third inning of Game Seven, saying that the sides have agreed in a new CBA, and <laughs> and away we went. I'm not certain that's going to happen, but are, do you get any sense at all as to whether there's any greater optimism or pessimism about where this is going to go? Everything is so quiet, and and I'm hopeful that that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, now we'll. We'll see a week after the World Series. Nobody wants to take away from the World Series. But as you guys both know, the only thing that these two sides can usually agree on is that they're going to bark at each other through the media. And we're not, we're not hearing that. Like, it's been radio silence right now. So I don't know if that's a good sign or, or, or if it doesn't mean anything at all. Maybe they're just smart enough to not want to take away uh, from the postseason. But I, I'm really, really hoping after what everybody went through last year, in a 60-game season, you know, everybody got crushed. The owners got crushed. The players got crushed. Um, I'm I'm really hoping that the smartest people in the room say, guys, you got to figure this out. Like, it's not an F. You've got to figure this out. And I hope they tackle some of the other issues, too, like the pace of play and all that, whatever else they want to do to, you know, keep fans and keep ratings and all that. This, it, this is not the time. It's just not the time that the sport uh, would be able to deal with this kind of a thing. The fans wouldn't have any patience for it. Everybody's been through a lot the last couple of years. Baseball fans just want their baseball. Dan, good stuff as always, my friend. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll enjoy your call and travel safely. All right, guys. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Take care. It's Dan Shulman of ESPN and uh, Sportsnet. Mm-hmm. Dan will have the call tonight right here on Sportsnet 590, the fan ESPN radio. We will have coverage of Game 6 of the World Series from Minute Maid Park. Yeah, the reason why I asked him about the setup guy for the Astros is I, I knew he'd have a great answer, and he's done his homework. And the reason why he said Kendall Graveman, I'm sure it'll be Kendall Graveman. That, that, the, the 37 pitches, the, the seven batters that he faced in his last outing, uh, the two innings, this time of the year, I don't think it matters. You, you go with your best arm, and it puts so much pressure on Dusty to fill in the blank. Yeah, I, I, I just did that. That'll, that'll be an interesting, you know, to see if, if he's actually getting loose to pitch the eighth inning. Or will, will he get Presley two innings? That could be another one. That that could be another one, too. And maybe you give Graveman the bottom of the order and maybe the seventh inning. So say the seventh inning rolls around and there's uh, seven, eight, nine coming up for the Braves. Maybe, maybe Kendall Graveman gets those three guys, and then you bring you bring uh, Ryan Presley in for the, for the eighth and ninth inning. Maybe that happens that way. Yeah, I, clearly every – all arms it's all it's every arm it's the available quality of the arm every, though it's, it's the it's the trust factor of these managers going to a guy that they know when they hand the ball to him they got a good good chance of getting the outs that they're supposed to get you're not going to go to somebody you don't have you don't have faith in but it, it's a uh, maton too is an interesting one that dan brought up that i like i think because he can get lefties and righties out mm-hmm. and you're not worried about the three batter Minimum thing with but him. But Dan's you right. Can bring you, him in anytime if you, look you want at, bring him in. If you look at Ozzie Albies, <clears throat> now he is a switch hitter, but if you look at him from the right side, he's a much better hitter from the right that side. Short, that short porch and left, left too. It's a big deal there. Right. That, that comes into play. You know, not, not too many visiting hitters can come in there, let the ball travel that much, and use that to their benefit down the left field line. So it, t- it would take a, a right-handed hitter, get a breaking ball, get out in front, snap hook that thing. Why do you think Altuve has that little swing he has? Using that short porch and left. He knows it. It's easy. I don't have to do a ton. Create a little backspin, get out in front of it. Don't have to be as short and direct to the baseball. It's, there, there's a lot of things going to go into this. Well, if Brian Snicker, if, if, if Max Fried has a bad two innings, mm-hmm. take him out of the game. 
There's another thing. There's there's a lot going to go into these managers' decisions. Who, who gets a longer leash? Garcia, for me, is a no-brainer. If I can get through one time of the order, I still have the leader. We're tied. I'm taking him out. I'm not taking any chances. It's a must-win for me. Give him. I want to give my lineup a chance to figure out Max Freed. Maybe Max will walk a guy, give up a blue pit. Somebody runs into one. It's three nothing. Now we're now we're cooking. So it's what? It's just, you really want to be a manager in the World Series this time of the year? A lot goes in because it would be one move, one move too quick, one move not quick enough. It was interesting hearing Dan bring up the idea of flipping your Dan Alvarez. And Kyle well, yeah. and Kyle Tucker. You know the issue with that would be is you you would have you would have Bregman and Alvarez both struggling back to back. Length of your lineup is, mm, and then you've got Maldonado. Makes it real down easy there. to pitch to. It gives you you're basically now it National does. League it, with an correct. American League team because you got two guys down there struggling to their fullest. It's almost too late to do it now in the uh, series. I, I, I mean, I know it's only a couple of. Ge- I know it's only well. It's one game later than they made the move move with Bregman, but Bregman scuffled all postseason. This is mm-hmm. this is the thing. Bregman's issue has been much longer going than than Jordan Alvarez. I'd be tempted to leave Jordan Alvarez where he is I'll right bet, now. I'll bet you if you back Dusty in a corner and nobody else was around, and you said, "Tell me the truth. Did you put Correa in the three spot and Guerrero in the five spot to move Bregman?" Or to protect, protect and get Alvarez better pitches to Good hit. Point. I'll bet it's the I bet it's the latter. Good point. He's an aircraft carrier. He can carry your team. He can win you a World Series. Can Alex Bregman do that? Yeah, and you know Alex Bregman between talking about the top hand and and also opening up a little bit about a his, his, a quad injury that's been bothering him all season long. This gets to your point. You picked this out. Very early in the postseason, how the body language—it's—it's it's odd when he's—he is cockier and has more swagger when he's in the field than when he is at the plate. I, I, watch him defensively. Mm. He, There's—he seems to be—it's almost like he's two different guys. You watch him in the field, and the way he's making plays in the field, and the way he's reacting to stuff in the field, it almost seems different than the guy at the plate. Maybe. I, I, I think they go hand in hand. He's a hitter first for me. He He's like Vladdy. All of a sudden, Vladdy's a really good first baseman. Why do you think that was? Well, because he's, he's hitting. Raking. Right. Getting that foot down, getting it singing, going back leg city, line to line. Yeah, but doing Bregman, whatever he wants to do offensively. Bregman's now, made some nice plays in the I, World Series, I, even while he's scuffling. I get it, but he just looks like he got a little bit mo- more mojo when he's he throwing doubles in the right center field gap and driving in runs. It's there's it, it sort of goes hand in hand. The only reason I say that is because I did it. I did that. I was a much better defender when everything that I was doing in the cage was translating onto the field, and I was having success. I, I was I was supposed to be an impact bat, no, no matter if I was in the minor leagues or the big leagues. I was a big I was a big left handed hitter. I was expected to drive in runs, and when you're not like a Bregman who plays a corner who's sitting in the middle of the order is not doing it, you lose mojo. And where do you find mojo? How do you find it? All eyes are on you, and now that opposing team knows that not only do are you having a mechanical issue because you've told everybody, mm-hmm. but you're having, you know, the the mindset of now I'm having doubt because your demeanor says it is. I've I've lived this. I've lived that on on the on deck thing. You can tell when he's standing on the on deck circle, he he doesn't look like he can't wait to get to the plate. You don't you don't think if I see that a thousand miles away sitting on my couch in my underwear with my T-shirt on, that the opposing pitchers can't see that and the opposing pitching coach can't see that. Of course they can. 
Of course they can. So I just there there's for for me if I'm if I'm Dusty and I'm running that team and I'm expected to win, it's more important for me to get Alvarez hot. And maybe maybe that playing the field really hurt him. Maybe he put a lot of thought into that. Mm-hmm. And and put less thought into see ball hit ball get the foot down and letting the ball travel now that those lefties that'd be nightmare for any oh. left handed hitter any left handed hitter because how you've always been taught every coach that ever coaches a left handed hitter against a lefty because it's rare that you see lefties you see more righties than you do lefties they always say the same thing let the ball travel think left center field how do you let the ball travel when it got those ninety eight. You can't. You don't. That that. But your mindset. But you're actually not doing that. And now it just throws you all all off whack. And now all of a sudden you got to go out and play left field. Like, so, I'm I'm thinking if you're Dusty and you're sitting around and you're on your Schwinn or whatever he's riding to the park today because it's hot, Houston. Whatever he's you know he's probably got one of them electric scooters, cruising because you know he's cool wearing his wristband with his face on it with his toothpick in his mouth. Because he's cool. I see Dusty. Or, I see Dusty in a Harley or something like that pulling up. Yeah, I don't know. He might be a little old for a Harley. I'd, I'd say a souped-up scooter. Nah, Dusty's got people. Yeah, I'm sure. Dusty's got people. I'm sure it's limos and yeah, Dusty's got Dusty. a, he's got, a, he's, got a, he's got a he's got people in every city. He, he does. I've lived that. It was, it's, it's pretty cool to get you know just okay. Hold on and walk over and, and everybody's leaving and I'm like because Dusty's here. 